What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. I know that's a stretch. Here on Birds 365, you got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald, and we'll break down last night's game. Breakdown. That's a good word to use today with compared to the Eagles defense for the last two minutes of that game. Uh, we will do just that for you here on Birds 365 and the Eagles loss to the Seattle Seahawks. That's a bitter pill to swallow, Johnny Mac. Uh, losing to the 49ers is one thing. They're a very good team. Um, I think over since the Eagles lost them, we found out they're an even better team than they we may have thought before they came in here. Get beat by the Cowboys in their house. They won 14 straight games in Dallas. They, they were an underdog in both games. They were not an underdog last night. They were playing a team that had lost four straight games, and they just uh, choked it away at the end of the game. How bitter a pill is it? 
Yeah, it's a bad loss. I mean, uh, I think you stated it pretty correctly. I, I mean, San Francisco's by and far, you know, people talk about Super Bowl contenders. Who is a Super Bowl contender other than the 49ers right now? So I heard a bunch of people say the Eagles aren't Super Bowl contenders. Well, maybe they aren't. So they got to get lucky if they they match up with San Francisco, maybe an injury, maybe something else. But who is? Maybe, I guess you could argue Baltimore. Uh, Kansas City hasn't looked good. Dallas gets destroyed in Buffalo, on and on and on. So, you know, somebody's got to be in the mix to be in the final four or or however you want to whittle it down. But uh, it, it's a bad loss. You lose to a backup quarterback for a team that's struggling. And he pretty much handled your business. It was ugly. I thought they were going to get an ugly win. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean – Number one, Bradbury's not having a good year. Number two, um, I, I think the defense played well enough to win. I got more issues with the offense today. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, the big change from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia's brilliance was, you know, game planning against a bad offense. That 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 was. I I explained to people the improvements baked in. It was going to improve from where it was against San Francisco and Dallas. Um, two really good offenses, Dallas at home, San Francisco, anywhere. Um, so that part of it, I'm, I'm not going to go overboard on how, how much improvement there was, but there was improvement, natural improvement, baked-in improvement. The offense was terrible, and the passing game specifically was terrible. And the quarterback, let's be honest, was terrible. Hopefully, hopefully, it has to do with the illness he was fighting through, and he was sick. But I'm not sugarcoating it. He was terrible, Jody. All the way up to the final throw, what do you need, 15 or so yards to at least give Jake Elliott a shot? There's no guarantee in that. You know, it's raining again, another rain game. What is that, the 75th rain game this year? You expect that in Seattle, but no guarantee Jake Ellis is going to bomb a long field goal like he usually does, but you at least want to give him an opportunity. And why are you forcing the football down the field? Same thing with Quez Watkins. Why are you forcing the football? You're moving, you're moving, you're moving, and you're forcing the football downfield of Quez Watkins, who it was a bad throw. He, he shouldn't have thrown it, but he's not going to fight for it. He's not going to play defensive back. He's not going to break it up, help you. Just the decision-making is really bad at this point from the quarterback. And I don't know why the regression is. Now, typically it's not this bad. Um, so I hope it has to do with the illness and fighting through it. And that's very difficult. And we give him credit for doing that. But just from a pure football standpoint, he was not good, Jody. He was yeah. not good. Johnny Mac, after the game's over and done with, uh, you can, at a later date, watch the All-22, which gives you a better view of what was <clears throat> out there, that what uh, could have been different choices made. Even on the broadcast last night, they had a couple of replays that showed guys on the, you and I have talked about this too many times over the life of Birds 365. Oh, he was wide open on the other side. How did he miss him? Well, he's not even looking there. So, yeah, at time, from time to time, there are going to be guys wide open. There were guys open underneath the guys that he was throwing the football to. 
So he's looking down that side of the field and he can see that one is more open than the other. And he tries to force it to the guy that was more covered. That's, that's inexcusable. If you've got a specific play on and a guy just happens to be the defense reads it right. He's looking only one way and they leave a guy open on the backside way out of his field of vision. All right. Sometimes you're going to miss those, but when you miss a guy who is right in your field of vision and you try and force the ball to a covered player down the field, that's on Jalen. He just had, he had a bad game last night and you're right. Don't know whether to blame it on his illness. Here's, here's what worried me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, him running the football looked like he's perfectly fine. Yeah, that yeah, was, he had a good day running it. Um, one game he's had maybe all year, certainly yeah. the first month of the season. So if he was feeling the effects of the illness, I don't know that he makes the plays that he makes with his legs. So I yeah, we can cut him the slack that we want to cut him because there was the report that he had to fly by himself and he might not even play. He ended up taking every single snap. I don't know how much slack we can cut him. I think we just got to call this one for what it is. <clears throat> yeah, really bad was, game by the starting quarterback. He was very effective running the ball. And if he wanted some happiness, he tied Cam Newton's single-season record for rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. So he's got three games to go. He's probably going to set that record. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the best he's looked all season, I think, running the football. Um, and, yeah, yeah, it's tough to – a uh, couple of those two things and say, oh, he's fine for one, but he's not fine for the other. So I'm with you. That's why I said it. That's why, I mean, that's my biggest issue. Right now, the quarterback has regressed um, pretty, pretty, pretty badly over the past month. And um, I can't explain it because he's played well at times this season. You have some issues. I mean, more turnovers than he had last year. A lot of those are, you know, we talk about the randomness of turnovers. If you break down and watch, you know, when he's when it's a muffed, uh, uh, a fumble at the mesh point, you know, who's, it could be the running back's fault, but it's always going to put be put on the quarterback's record, the sheet. That's how they do it. Um, you know, did somebody tip a ball? Did somebody... You know, versus the Jets interception, which was a really bad interception, and that's completely on the quarterback. Um, so you have to look at the turnovers each individually. And the two yesterday were a guy forcing the ball. It reminds me, I brought up Patrick Mahomes, and when people tried to pay, play, when Tyree Kill was still there, and people said, all right, we're sick of getting beat over the top, and they just put their safeties in the in the parking lot, and they were going to force Kansas City to move meticulously down the field. And if you remember, he struggled early that season because he's so used to the big plays, struggled for him, so used to the big plays, and he wanted them, and he wanted the big chunks, and he was forcing the football instead of taking what was there. Eventually, he corrected it. Um, the Eagles need some kind of adjustment because teams are evolving how they play them. They're trying to limit those big plays. That's what the Eagles do on defense, not successfully, as Sean Desai can tell you, but uh, that's their goal. Well, teams are doing that to the Eagles. They're trying to limit these big plays, and they're trying to go after them anyway. And you got, as you mentioned, in a couple of cases, wide open receivers underneath in the progression. That's mm -hmm. the key. I don't give a crap. If somebody on the other side of the field you think is wide open, 
in the progression, guys are open and he's not taking layups and he's taking Steph Curry 40 footers and he's not Steph Curry right now. No, he is not. Uh, so, yeah, the Eagles certainly lost this one because of uh, offensive ineptitude in the second half. You're cutting the defense a little more slack than I am. Uh, I, I'm not going to go there. You, you hold them to three points in the second half, and you let Drew Locke go up and down the field for 17 points, specifically the final touchdown, which is just death, 92 yards in under two minutes. Drew Locke? Ninety. They have yards one timeout. In... I think they had one timeout. They they didn't even need the one. I think they got the ball with one forty two, one fifty two, something 52, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't even need the one fifty two. Yeah, it wasn't good. I'm not saying that. That's that's a bad job. You know, I I see it in the NFL every week. Teams play good defense and then they blow it at the end. And and yeah. I, I kind of lean towards, because it seems to me, in more cases than not, it, it's it's this weird disconnect. I, I think offensive coaches get too uh, conservative in the lead in this era. Um, now, I'm not saying the Eagles were just bad. I'm saying in general, um, they they tend to get too conservative and leave the door open and all of a sudden, you know, when you're one-on-one and you're throwing it up, everybody's got such great receivers, um, you know, and it becomes a one-on-one battle and the receiver usually has better ball skills than the, um, you see it every week where somebody comes down with a great 50-50 ball. T. Higgins did it uh, this week in Cincinnati. So um, it happens to a bunch of teams, I think, Defensive coaches got to get together and think about their process, and I think offensive coaches need to need to realize that, um, you know, nothing is safe in this league, even against. Well, think about it, Jake Browning, Drew Locke, even these guys are making throws. Um, it is what it is, but I thought the defense played well enough to win. Is here's, what I'm trying to here's say. Here's why I'm not going to go there. They're tackling stunk stunk that's kind of a big deal in playing defense in the national football league john you have to be able to tackle and their tackling was putrid last night and Sidney brown was at the top of the list he got more time they played a lot of big nickel last night he was on the field a lot either as the safety or the safety slash linebacker and you just got to bring the guy to the ground we talk about the fact that he's more athletic and he's faster and the Eagles don't have speed. Athletic speed is great until you need to pull a guy down to the ground. And Sidney Brown missed a couple huge tackles last night. That's part of the defense. Now, that's on Sidney Brown, not on Matt Patricia specifically, but he was the one who chose to go as big nickel as often as he did, which left it open for Walker to get some pretty significant runs last night. Yeah, I think that was a major contributing factor to the loss last night. They didn't tackle one. Yeah, well, I mean, I could go in telling you that uh, Sidney Brown can't tackle, uh, Kaylee Ringo can't tackle, Eli Ringo can't played tackle. well last night. Yeah, he made one good tackle. I thought he did play well. I think, uh, 
I think both uh, Ringo and Ricks played well in coverage. But if you look at them, if you look at the uh, um, Kenneth Walker touchdown run, I mean, Eli got pushed into Puget Sound. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, 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 These guys can't tackle. I mean, you're a college football fan. They don't tackle. And so you gotta you gotta get through those startup costs and you gotta that's why I talked about playing Sidney Brown earlier. Who knows where he'd be? I mean, I always used that term that's baked into it with me with young defensive backs. They can't tackle. So they gotta learn to tackle at this level. And how do you learn to tackle in practice when you can't have pads on the most of the time? You have no contact. How do you learn to tackle? You learn to tackle on the field, right? In in During real life game. environment. Yep. Um, so that's why I'm not, I'm not, you're right. You're hundred percent right. The tackling was awful from the young defensive backs with the exception of Ringo, the one nice tackle. Um, but that's, I know that's coming. So if you're throwing out young, and this is anywhere, this is anywhere in the NFL, you're throwing out young defensive backs and you're expecting them to be good tacklers. Not right away. Maybe they get better at it. Um, and you got to hope Sydney gets better at it. No question about it, but he was it. But the thing about the, what I'm so excited about with Sydney Brown, he's in position to make those plays. So if he gets through it, the other guys aren't in position to make those plays. If he gets through it and he learns to tackle and he gets better with it, all of a sudden you got a really good player. I don't know if it's going to happen, but. I see the the at least the optimism that it might happen. And the guy who I'm sorry, if you're gonna hang this loss on one guy, it'd probably be Jalen more than anything else. But it's James Bradbury. He just got yeah, taken yeah. to the woodshed last night. Uh he had a phenomenal year last year, better than Slay. He made all pro. Slay didn't, and I thought he was better over the course of the year. Man, when you add an extra year, when you've reached the big three, you get to that 30 number, you're always on the lookout for, is there going to be a drop off? Is there a half a step slower? Uh, is he going to be able to retain the level of he's at? And you get nervous when a guy gets to 30. Then there's the falling off the cliff, which is what I think is happening with James Bradbury this year. He's just getting beat left, right, and center. And, in the biggest of spots last night, I saw his explanation after the game. Well, I was playing at the sticks. If you're playing at the sticks, how do you let a guy get behind you? You're, come on. You you have to know that that's a possibility. And you've got to have the ability and the speed to adjust to get back and deflect that ball. He got beaten on both of the big gainers, in the, including the touchdown pass that ended up costing the Eagles the game. And John, maybe it was just optimistic thinking on my part coming in. What scared me most about this game coming in was the rookie cornerbacks. I think they did their job. That wasn't the reason they lost, was the fact that I didn't think uh, Jalen Hurts was a given to play. Oh, yeah, he played, didn't play well. Uh, The reasons that I was nervous about the game coming in actually weren't the reason that they lost. The reason that I thought they could win some givens that Jalen Hurts would be Jalen Hurts if he takes the field. And a guy like Bradbury would step up to try and pick up the slack for his missing brother Slay was absolutely terrible. 
I did pick the Seahawks to win here yesterday, but for very different reasons that they actually won the game. I couldn't have had a worse read on the game the way that it played out, but the Eagles did end up uh, losing it. Not good. All right, McMahon and McDonald hanging with you. We'll continue to break it down. We'll get a helping hand from two good guests. First up would be Andrew DiCecco from InsideBirds.com and podcast. He's going to join us, Glenn Mackle, now a little bit later. Andrew DiCecco next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Magamac here with you on Birds 365 after a gut-wrenching loss to the Seattle Seahawks. We're here to talk about it with you, and we get help, good help, from our buddy Andrew Jacko from InsideTheBirds.com. 
Andrew, I want to start on an optimistic note, if that's okay with you. Sure thing. Uh, you, about, found, you found the one, huh? Yes, I did. How about that Braden man? He's a heck of a putter. I thought, gonna say, I, I thought you were going to say Britton Covey with his 15-yard return. Yeah, well, Britton's rock solid, man. Yeah. Britain's rock solid. I don't know if you heard us going back and forth, but we're given, you know, reasons for the win and loss. I, You know, James Bradbury obviously having a very poor season. Jalen Hurts, the regression, I think, is troubling over the past number of games. Um, just, you know trying to hit the home run all the time instead of taking the layup, Andrew. But I got to tell you, and I'm going to blame myself here. Hmm. You know, when it, when it comes to assessing a loss like this, nobody talks about the head coach on this team still, even after this week, which to me was an abject disaster, the way he handled this week leading up to this game. Um. Why is Nick Sirianni getting a, getting a pass when everybody's crapping on Sean Desai? They're crapping on Brian Johnson. There's a freaking guy at the top in charge of it all. It's it's weird, right? He almost seems like he's absolved of any sort of blame or culpability here, right? But his fingerprints are on everything, guys, as you everything. know. Everything. Yeah. It's his offense. He he calls the shots. He brings these guys. He has a hand in bringing these guys in. And it just seems like, I mean, you look at it, Matt Patricia, I mean, Sean Desai was a scapegoat. Let's call it what it is. But I just think that all these other things going on sort of deflects, you know, he's able to sort of takes the spotlight off of Sirianni. But, I mean, and he's a year removed from the Super Bowl, which was certainly helps his case there. But I think as we grow move further away from that, guys, and you start to see the dysfunction and the, and the regression across the board, it's hard to – take the spotlight off of Nick Sirianni eventually. I think you have, I think it starts and ends there. So let me ask you about the response that he gave, because it was the first chance anybody got a chance <laughs> to question him about the decision that he made to replace uh, his defensive coordinator. Um, and again, good for the broadcast that kept giving shots of Desai up there <laughs> in the press box. At least he wasn't eating a hot dog, which was good. That, that would have been a really bad look. Uh, who knows what the hell the responsibility breakdowns are, but the coach took it all. He said, it was all me. It's all my call. I felt I needed to do it. He didn't expound on why four days earlier, he said there was absolutely no problem. But then all of a sudden it was a big enough problem that he's going to make this drastic change. Uh, were you buying what he's selling? Do you think it was all him or do you think he was influenced to make that change? Uh, personally, I've, I've thought, I think, and I've always thought that he was influenced to make that. I think someone helped him make that decision. Now, would he ever admit that? Obviously not. But I mean, and and John, you and I have, have had a lot of conversations about this in the past, as far as you know the ownership and, and their influence on the and uh, makes making some of those decisions. And to me, guys, I think that he that was that was handed down from above because when he spoke to John and everybody that was in attendance that day on Tuesday, I believe he intimated that he had no, no plans of swapping out coordinators. No changes. And, then, right. and then he said midweek, he, uh, he decided to change that. So to me, I, I think that maybe somebody tapped him on the, cause you had Sean Desai speak to everybody on Wednesday. So I think he, somebody tapped him and said, Hey, look, this is the direction that we're going to go. And, and Sirianni said, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. In hindsight, um, he, cha- he made the chain change. I believe after Sean spoke 
before shifting the practice on Thursday. Remember, they had a walkthrough. Yeah. Everything was pushed back today because of the Monday night. Um, and we all thought, well, that's weird. Um, and they got the pads on. That was clearly when he made the change. Now, I'm hey, I'm the first to throw Jeffrey Lurie on the, the, the fire when it comes to scapegoating people because he's got a history of scapegoating people. So I get why people ask that question. But I'm going to go up. This is all Nick Sirianni. This is all Nick Sirianni. Now, when you make a decision like that, you do have to get the approval of Howie Roseman and and Jeffrey Lurie uh, uh, especially. But um, no, I'm blaming this on the head coach. And because uh, Jody said he didn't, he explained, he said he didn't want to tell us before the team. He, 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 he said competitive advantage and, I know what <laughs> I know what a lunatic he is with competitive advantage, and I'm using that uh, as improper <laughs> and not when it comes to that. He believes it, and that's hey, he has the right to believe what he wants. I think it's dumb. Everybody else thinks it's dumb. He believes it. Um, yeah, I think it's all him. I think it's all him. Now, if they continue down this road. And, you know, they're one and done in the playoffs, say, there will be more scapegoats. And then Jeffrey will probably get more involved. I think this is all Nick Sirianni. I don't, I'm not blaming Jeffrey Lurie. I'm not blaming Howie Roseman. I think this is all Nick Sirianni. Yeah, the, op- the optics okay. were, were pretty bad. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it really looked like merely rearranging chairs, on, uh, rearranging yeah. deck chairs. Uh, I mean, and, and the message that that sends to your locker room. I mean, I don't know. I mean, my understanding, guys, and you could take this as a lack of confidence, or but Sean Desai was viewed as a coach who would take the input from his players and and ask, "Hey, what do you think about this call? Hey, what do you think about this?" And and a lot, some players seem to like that because it, you're getting them involved and you're asking for their input. Now, that can also be perceived as a lack of confidence. I mean, you're 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 the coach, but I, I got the sense that he was a, a coach that was. Uh, a little bit more, uh, he involved a lot of his players, which I thought was interesting. The one thing I'll, I'll kind of disagree with you on, could it have been all Nick Sirianni's line of uh, decision? Yeah, that, that is a possibility, and that's what he said, so we have to accept it until... No, you don't have to accept that, he says, because he lies to everyone. Right. So no, no, you don't well, have to accept it. I'm not telling you you have to accept it, because he has no credibility now on top of it. Yeah, it You're does. Right. It absolutely hurts his credibility. But I'll disagree with you on the timing. This is a pretty social media friendly squad that they got here. They got a bunch of guys that use Twitter and uh, podcasts and everything else. I had no bloody idea this came down until Sunday morning when Jay Glazer said it. Either one of you guys have any inkling that are you telling no, me they practiced no. all day Thursday and the side was uh, no longer calling the plays? Patricia was on Thursday, and then whatever walked through that on Friday. No, it never got out. I they pride were able my, to keep I, it under wraps. Never I pride out. myself on picking up small details, yeah. but that one I, I I did not see coming at all. Yeah, nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. But even Jay, people forget Jay said they quietly made the change earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Nick told everybody to keep it in house. That you can give him credit for because everybody did a good job with it. And nobody went off the the reservation uh, from that perspective. Um, so 
you know, you could say he still got the guys together, you know, because just because he tells them doesn't mean they can't, you know, text one of us or take us off to the side and say, look, there's some things going on and everybody stayed on the same page. So that's probably uh, a good sign. But Jay said, no, he did it earlier in the week. So it didn't, it didn't happen well, that, on Sunday. That was Sunday morning. Earlier in the week could have been Saturday. Yeah, it could have been, but it was it was Thursday. It was Thursday. I'm confident now as guys gotten to talk a little bit about it. It it was on the practice on Thursday when when um I think um might have been Kelsey said it or might have been Bradbury. One of those two said it last night that it was, you know, it was the practice. It was the it was the shift in the practice was the signal. And for somebody like me, I should have picked up on that practice more because I thought it was weird at the time. Um, yeah. And they did it while we were at the complex. They did it. They shipped it. We got a text message. Hey, we're practicing. Uh, it's going to be open for 10 minutes or whatever. And it was, it's not normal. And anything, something not normal happens. But they were struggling so much, she said, well, maybe they need some work. So, uh, let me let me see if I understand this, John. Matt Patricia decided that they were going to have practice? No. Not no. Sirianni. Oh, so Sirianni <clears throat> did. Sirianni decided that because if you're going to install Patricia as the defensive play caller, he needs it. Uh, I'm trying to f- figure the line, follow the line of logic as to why practicing on a day that they don't usually practice tipped off the fact that they were going to make this massive coaching change. Uh, it didn't tip it off at the time. It tipped it, tipped it off in hindsight. And and then the players, uh, again, I'll try to figure out who said it. I think it was Jason, but they, they said it. Yeah, they knew Thursday. That's when they were told. That's when with they were told. Um, and then the players were able. And again, now I can look everything in hindsight. I talked to Jason on um, – Friday, I think. It was it Friday? Friday. Yeah. Uh, I talked to Jason on Friday and I asked him straight out, what do, what do you think the change in practice was? Was it about messaging or was it about getting the younger players work? And he was very un-Kelsey-like. He was very short. He was very um, terse. And he said, you're going to have to ask Nick that. Um, so now I look back and I go, well, I should have had the radar up further there because that's very un Jason Kelsey, like, uh, who's, you know, gives you everything from a media perspective, if you ask him and he didn't want to talk about it cause he didn't want to get in, uh, trouble with it. He didn't want to say something he shouldn't have said. So in hindsight, it's pretty clear. That's when they made the change. And oh, by the way, did the change affect anything last night for you? No, Randy? no, no, not at all. It, it was the same the same struggles on the back seven. They fell apart late in the game, and they teams looked to pick on James Bradbury, and they didn't really have an answer and how to help him out. So to me, I didn't see anything overly intricate or anything different from what we've grown accustomed to seeing. By the way, Andrew, getting back to on-the-field issues, um, what does it say that they're picking on James Bradbury when Kaylee Ringo and Eli Ricks are out there? What does it say about James Bradbury? I think what we're seeing is a uh, steep decline in, in skill set, and teams are pouncing on that. I mean, even last year, John, 
I can recall a play where Bradbury got beat cleanly off the line by Rashid Shaheed for 50 yards in the Giants playoff game. The play didn't go to his side, but Marcus Johnson beat him for what would have been a big play this year. He's just getting beat and the pass rush isn't getting home and they're not able to marry the pass rush <laughs> and the coverage. So you're seeing a lot more teams looking to exploit Bradbury, who does not run really well and he doesn't have the long speed uh, to catch up there. And teams are just taking advantage of it. I mean, guys aren't doing anything overly uh, intricate at the line of scrimmage. He's just getting beat cleanly. He doesn't he he can't keep up. And I've been saying this for two weeks running now, and I'll stand by it. I think it was the exact same last night. Which was worse, the front four or the back seven? Well, it wasn't even the back seven. It's the back one, James Bradbury. Yeah, he was the worst. No question that. He's the worst. They didn't get pressure again last night. Now, this is not uh, we cut uh, Josh Sweat a bunch of slack the last two weeks because he's going up against Hall of Fame potential left tackles. Who's Seattle's left tackle? Who's the guy who uh, Josh Sweat couldn't beat Charles last Cross. Night? Charles uh, Cross. I'll, I'll I'll bet against him making it to the Hall of Fame. You want you want a piece of that action? He'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, no, the Seattle offensive line coming in was like at best average. Some would call it below average, uh, and they did nothing last night. Uh, Jalen Carter had one great series. He blew up a running bay, completely puts his man into the backfield, into the running back, and he got the sack on the ball that the, the lock tried to throw, but his knee was down. He did nothing. Hassan Reddick did nothing. Josh Sweat did nothing. This was supposed to be the best unit in the National Football League, and they couldn't pressure Drew Locke last night. Jalen Carter had that big rush late that Pete Carroll tried to help the Eagles on by yeah. uh, calling right. That's the what I said. He had a, It was yeah. a sack. Yeah. He had one on great part. series. Jalen yeah, Carter right. had one great series, and other than that, he was a non-factor. Well, and their stud star I will say, ends were non-factors. I will say on Cross, I want to defend Cross. He's their best offensive lineman. But, yeah, he's not Trent Williams. Or, uh, you know what's troubling? If, if is you don't have your left tackle as your best offensive lineman, what the hell are you doing? Well, so obviously, the Eagles, invest, the Eagles invest heavily in, in the trenches, but – there's been so many instances this year, guys, where we've looked at the commander's matchup, the Jets matchup, this matchup, where the defensive line should be able to feast and seemingly get back on track, but they're not able to do so. And I think that that is a byproduct of not having able-bodied depth, right, that you can that you can plug in there. You're seeing a lot of – they were very reluctant to play Nolan Smith until they absolutely had to. Uh, the defensive Heard line – shoulder, it, by the way, Andrew. Yeah, I was going to text yeah. you, John, because you and I were talking about that, I feel like, a week ago. Uh, the, the younger defensive tackles and Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter haven't played a ton of snaps. And I feel like they're showing signs of lethargic uh, play. And you're not really, you're seeing that manifested on the field. I mean, the, this is a tired, a tired group when they don't seem to have the, the, the adequate legs that they need at this point in the season. I you hate to say it, Jody, but you know, Derek Barnett, he didn't provide a whole lot, but from a depth perspective, somebody that can step in there and give you adequate snaps. I mean, I, I think that, that that's missed. Well, uh, it, it was missed was Howie's opportunity to get a better player than Derek Barnett, and he didn't. That's on the by, general. By the way, Derek Barnett had a sack for Houston this week. Big yeah. DB. Yeah, I almost yeah. texted you, Jody, about that because I was like, "Hey, look, man, DB is breaking out." DB, baby. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's breaking. As they out. make yeah, the yeah, run yeah. towards the playoffs. Now, um, now, I, I, I'll, I'll say this: I think that if you want to see a drastic change in the defense, I mean, there's no reinforcements coming. But if I'm the Eagles, I'm looking to. Sit, sit, change Bradbury down 
and maybe insert Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks as your starting corners on Whoa. Christmas Day. On Christmas Day against Whoa. against the, against the Giants. Whoa! Get them the get them the reps and and let them kind of work through any kind of growing pains. But I think that they're going to have to lean on those two guys down the stretch Man. until Darius Slay comes back. Wow! Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not well, look, you, you and I, you and I like JB. We talk to JB a lot, but the regression is, is certainly in- no. I, I, he's having a bad year. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to shield James Bradbury. He's having a bad year. Um, but both of those guys, you know, like I get, I think people get too caught up without the context because they both played pretty well in coverage last night. Now. I said to Jody on that Kenneth Walker touchdown, they pushed Eli Ricks in the Puget yeah, Sound. I absolutely. mean, that was pathetic uh, uh, run support. And what about uh, when he tried to make the tackle on the one play and he, he threw the guy f- uh, forward for a yard, I guess, because he, he's just not an overly physical player, yeah. which is why um, he wasn't in on early downs yeah. uh, when he was playing nickel. Now, I, I think they both did pretty well in coverage, both a lot more than I expected. But you do have to put in the, you know, that's true lock. It's not, you know, and, and next week it'll be Tommy DeVito. So you'd have the opportunity to to do it and, and probably not get hurt. But I think long term, mm-hmm. boy, I don't know if those guys are ready. I think it's good that they're getting them some some reps and they have to with Slay out. You know, if Slay was back, and Slay was there, I'd feel more comfortable. All right, maybe give Ringo a shot, give Ricks a shot, whichever way you want to go. But boy, without him, I can't have both of them out there. Oh, no, I'm not suggesting long-term, but against you can get away with it against the Giants. Oh, yeah, well, you can get away with... But certainly certainly not in the playoffs. Yeah. You can get away with Andrew DiCecco and Jody McDonald at cornerback this week. Mile uh, marker number five ooh. and mile marker number 21. <laughs> be, be careful. Tommy Cutlets has made some plays. I'm not too worried about Tommy Cutlets. Uh, all right. Prior to last night's game, who would you have been more worried about, Tommy Cutlets or Drew Locke? Drew Locke hmm. by uh, a million years. Drew yeah, Locke has played, played a lot more football. A yeah. lot more football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd take. Uh, I wasn't concerned with either. I mean, I'm not saying, but Drew Locke has got. Yeah, he's got better skills. I mean, um, and you saw that throw. That's it. That's it. You know, you see some of these guys, and I brought up Jake Brown, and, and, and you know, they're not good quarterbacks, but they can make NFL throws if you give them the opportunity to make NFL throws on occasion. The, they don't have the consistency. Um, that's why they're not starting level quarterbacks, but, uh, yeah, they got, they got burned by, by Drew Locke and they shouldn't have. And that was a good, that was a really good throw. I mean, mm-hmm. people lose that part. They never talk about the other team. He, he, he saw what he had and a single coverage, um, and, and he threw it to the back pylon and that was a heck of a throw. That was Both of those of throws, throw. the, the one, the 34 yarder to DK earlier in the drive was tremendous. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Is he going to do that consistently? No. You saw him play a whole game. But that particular throw was not exactly a bad throw. So you do have to add that into the equation. Hi, Andrew. I need your comment on a comment that Jalen made after the game, just being asked about the game in general. He said, we need to be more committed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways you can take that. What was your 
overall, to, and I know I'm just giving you a quote, quasi out of context, but quote unquote, we need to be more committed. What do you think he means by that? Yeah, he, he said that after he mentioned execution, which he mentions after every game. But if I had to, if I was trying to glean something out of that comment, Jody, to me, it would be more like uh, cohesiveness, trying to, to, you know, a buy-in maybe, staying together, and it, which is, you don't usually hear Jalen Hurts say anything noteworthy in a press conference. So I thought that that was really, uh, really pertinent. And it mm-hmm. made my, you know, you know, made my ears, you know, perked my ears up there, but. I mean, he didn't really elaborate much off of that. So the, all we can do is really speculate. But for me, uh, the first thing I heard of when I heard that was uh, buy-in from, from collective, from the collective team. All right. Let's uh, throw Howie Roseman onto the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the pyre a little bit. What the heck is Rashad Penny doing here? What the heck is Albert O doing here? What the heck is Shaq Leonard doing here? I mean, they had to start a linebacker. But when it comes to Shaq Leonard specifically, because the other guys aren't even involved, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of Shaq Leonard had to start at linebacker. But they want big nickel or, or you know three safety look, whatever you want to call it, if Most you want to call it time, for the vast majority of the game because they don't want Shaq Leonard out there. What? What? Why? Why? Other than uh, fans don't like Christian Ellis, it's not a big deal. But Christian Ellis would be here for a years, at least as a, a good special teams player, cost effective. That's what the Eagles preach. Blah, blah, blah. You get injuries, you get injuries. It's not their fault. N'Kobe Dean got injured. Um, however, the Band-Aids. I got a problem with the Band-Aids when the Band-Aids don't work. And the Band-Aids aren't working. And people go, oh, Julio made a big reception. Did he? He's six receptions for in, in how many games? Uh, Kevin Byard hasn't fit really uh, to a significant degree. I think he's playing a little bit better, but I don't know if that has more to do with Drew Locke and the Seahawks offense than, than anything else. But Shaq Leonard. Uh, 28 snaps. And I, I'm old enough to remember the Shaq Leonard sweepstakes and folks lobbying for him to come to Philly. And wow, he, he was, was a like, great like, player. Great yeah, player. He, once. Before the back surgery. Yeah, before before injuries. And he was available for a reason. I mean, the Colts walked away from from, from a significant chunk of money. That's very telling right there. But I, I don't know what uh, what the Eagles or what many expected they were getting in Shaq Leonard. You're getting – I mean, on paper, you're getting a serviceable player who's locked a ton of snaps, a former All-Pro, but he doesn't have anything left. And you saw that – I mean, that was particularly evident, guys, on that Kenneth Walker touchdown run really hesitant, slow to react, stiff, just doesn't have the wheels anymore, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, to your point with the with the Band-Aids, Braden Mann has been their best in-season oh, acquisition. Oh, yeah, Braden Mann, yeah. yeah. Brad, Bradley Roby's been okay. Julio Jones has been a non-entity. Kevin Byard, I thought that he was going to be a plug-and-play, big-time player, but outside of the, the Chiefs game, he really hasn't made an impact on the defense. So it's fair to start looking at some of these in-season Band-Aids when they're not plugging plug the wounds. Wow. When you grouped all of them together, it all of a sudden sounded like, what the hell how he's been doing? Because <laughs> right. he's been taking more swings and misses than he is making solid contact into the gap. That's not good. The punter, the way, oh, the punter that, upgrade. That'll, that'll get you to the, <laughs> the February game. 
by the way, I don't want to pick on, and I don't even know who asked him the question, but somebody asked Shaq the question yesterday on how he prepares for a game with a new defensive coordinator in midseason. What, I mean, he just freaking got here. It's a very good, it's, yeah, it's not, uh, not yeah, what, are you, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. I, you know, from the standpoint, there's so many things to complain about this team today and an over a special edition overreaction Tuesday. Um, I, I, I do think though, when I get through it all, and I, I said this to Jody and I want to run it by you, Andrew, I think the defense played well enough to win. They're not, they're never going to be great. That's for the off season. They mm-hmm. made some mistakes personnel wise. They think they made a mistake coaching wise um they have to fix that stuff in the off season uh maybe scheme wise as well um for now this is what it is and you got to make the best of what you have i thought they played well enough to win the game i'm blaming the offense more than the defense uh, mm-hmm. agree or disagree yeah i i agree and obviously matt patricia he wasn't able to do a whole lot your personnel was your personnel but i thought he was really creative in his personnel groupings and you know, rotating guys in patrick johnson didn't play a single defensive snap all season you worked him into the rotation keely ringo eli ricks Sidney brown uh who, that, they just added some fresh legs and energy to the defense i thought there was a lot more physicality and flowing of the football and I thought they got off the field when they had to, John. So I agree with you there. Offensively, you have so much talent there to only muster 17 points against the Seattle Seahawks, which is far from a legion of boom, is inexcusable. So I think at what point do you have to start looking at, and you and I have really been supporters <laughs> of Brian Johnson, but you're seeing a, a regression and an offense that has yet to evolve. And we are now this uh, 14 games into the Eagles season. At, at what point do you start saying, okay, okay I mean – we have to start looking at the offensive coordinator as well. Last night, we didn't know if Jalen Hurts was going to play before the game started. A separate flight <clears> out to <throat> Seattle uh, within hours. We knew that he was going to at least give it a go. Should he have? Can we? Is it even fair to, in 2020 hindsight, look back and go, yeah, if he wasn't 100%, maybe he made a mistake. Maybe the team made a mistake. There, Marcus Marietta might win that game. Right, right. I, I feel like you can't, you can't even think it if you believe Marcus Mariota does not belong on the field. But is there the littlest sliver of maybe they should have considered going a different direction? John, I defer to you first. Um, no, I'm, I'm letting Chandler Hurts play. I'm not, I'm not second guessing that, but I can second guess after saying, would Marcus Mariota would have won, won that game. I haven't seen Marcus play at all this year. I've seen him play enough to know that, yeah, if he brings his A game. He probably could have won this game, but you don't know if he's bringing his A game. Same as Drew Locke, same as Jake Browning, same as any other backup quarterback you want to want. A little bit more experience, obviously. Um, could he have won that game? Yes. But will I second-guess the Eagles on that? No, I can't. No. He's a starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it's fair to question, but there were plays to be made in that game, and they still could have won the game nonetheless. So it's, I mean, I, I don't I don't second-guess that decision. He's your starting quarterback. And Jalen Hurts at a fraction, you know, at, at uh, I don't know, 30 or 40% <clears throat> is is better than, than Marcus Mariota. He's one of the – Jalen's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, so I think that was the right decision. But, Andrew, Man. is not James Bradbury your starting cornerback? 
You're, you're ready to move on from his yeah. ass pretty quickly. Yeah. Some context there. John John knows, and, and anyone who's read my coverage over the couple of years know that I'm a big Bradbury guy. I think he's a really smart player, and, and he's a, the way he's able to win has always been really remarkable to me because he doesn't have the the athleticism. He's really smart and technically sound. But if I'm telling you that you got that he might need to take some snaps off, I mean, that's 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 saying something. Yeah, at Andrew DeCecco, make sure you follow Andrew on X, Twitter, uh, formerly known as Twitter, InsideTheBirds.com, does a tremendous job uh, for our buddies Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan, so check him out there. Um, where do we end this thing? I guess I'll end it with Nick Sirianni again, because you mentioned it's time to start thinking about Brian Johnson as the coordinator. Boy, is it? I mean, I, I, it, it, first of all, the fact that he, he he needs to be asked that question, and that question needs to be asked because he has no credibility. We're we're this is the first time in thirty three weeks that the Eagles haven't been on top of the NFL standings, or at least tied for the top. They are now behind San Francisco officially. So it's first time in a long time, Andrew. Um, he's gotten away a, a with a lot of this stuff because winning cures everything. But whether it's the stuff on the sidelines, whether it's screaming at opposing fans that isn't isn't like, whether it's blatantly lying to reporters and people say, well, reporters, Johnny Mack gets upset. Who cares? But that that that's where you're getting the information. They're talking to you through us mm-hmm. as the fans. Um, he's lying to you. Eventually, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find out. It might be later, but eventually, I'm going to find out what happened. Um, he's lying to you in the moment. Um, now, you can say competitive advantage. He's successful. But the minute you're not successful and you have no credibility – Joe Torrey taught me this, the old Yankees manager. He said, you know what? Treat people well because they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you don't treat people well, that that fire under your butt is going to heat up very, very quickly. Uh, we are seeing... We are seeing issues with Nick Sirianni as a head coach for the first time. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, from across the board, from pillar to post, and uh, from decision making to to personnel to uh, coaching hires, I, I think that it's the focus is inevitably going to slowly shift over to Nick Sirianni because once you start running out of scapegoats, John, as you know, it, it becomes you start looking at the head coach, and that's that's where all that's where it all lies. Yeah. All right, Andrew. My last question is a good one for you because you can't possibly be wrong with it. Um, because it's subjective and it's your own personal way that you look at things. Expectations change. They change in season. They change basically from week to week in this league, in a league where you only play 17 games. Uh, The outcome of a game in one of 17 can actually change your perception, change what your expectations are of the team. Mm -hmm. What are your expectations of this Philadelphia Eagle team right here, right now? 
Well, I inevitably expect them to look a lot cleaner against games against the Giants and the Cardinals, but you have to trust what you've seen for 14 games, right? It's not about what you do against inferior opponents. It's what you do against the top 15% of the teams in the NFL. That's what you're based that that's how you're graded. And what I've seen from the Eagles this year is a team that, that has a ton of imperfections and flaws and they have yet to really correct that. And until they're able to do so, I don't expect them to just turn it on in the playoffs against, uh, against, you know, a worthy opponent. I, I think that it's going to take a, I think it's going to take a big effort for the Eagles to get right here. And uh, I'm not totally sold that they're going to be able to do so. I think that's fair. And I'm sure there are some Eagle fans don't want to hear it because they don't agree with you and I, that you can change your expectations and your perceptions. If you start the year Super Bowl or bust, you finish the year Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, things I'm change. I'm looking at bust. If that's the case, I'm looking at bust right now. Yeah, things change. Look at the 2018 season. That's the first one I go to with that. That was high expectations, and that kind of yeah. got derailed pretty quick. So People people use that term, Andrew. Uh, so I'll throw sneak one last one. Legitimate Super Bowl. Legitimate Super Bowl contender. Who is other than San Francisco? Maybe Baltimore? Uh, Baltimore. Maybe uh, if you're reaching, uh, yeah, they're the actually they're the only two after after you yeah. saw what happened in Dallas. Uh, yeah. the other day. I mean, yeah. So I mean, might say Miami after this weekend. Miami and Baltimore play each other, which I think is great because that will determine who the best team in the AFC is. Uh, their offense is uh, their defense, I question, but their offense. And I know the Eagles slowed them down. That Buffalo, was when Eagle Buffalo somehow Jordan decide yeah, that exiled of- defensive coordinator was able to at least keep the Miami offense somewhat in check. That's right. I'd be more afraid of Buffalo than just about anybody if they get yeah, any chance. They're yeah. starting to play their best football when it matters most, so that's a team to keep an eye on. Yeah. Oh, you mean uh, the, the the Bills who, yes, the Eagles also. Be, see, that's why this is such a confounding season mm-hmm. about the Eagles. They've gotten good wins. They've got good wins on their resume. And then they have fall on their face losses like last night. Andrew, great stuff. You know, we love you whenever you come on the show. Thank you much for doing it today. We'll punch you back up when we get closer to the playoffs. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Have a good day. He Thanks, Buzz. Both a uh, contributor. Boy, I, I got to tell you, there's two things. Andrew, as he mentioned, is a big uh, James Bradbury. Well, I think we all are. So big, you, uh, you know James. me. Yeah. I was lobbying for the Eagles to get him when he was still on the Giants yeah. roster. When he was only being rumored to become a cap wow. casualty, I'm going, if this guy hits the open market, the Eagles have to jump like a frog and get on it. Yeah. Wow, he was a bad. great guy, accountable. Uh, he was accountable last night. Um, yeah, but he's slipping. He's slipping from a, a, a physical standpoint. Um, so when somebody like Andrew starts saying, eh, maybe it's time, and me, I've been a big Nick Sirianni guy. And, uh, you know, doing some stupid shit over the past week, uh, to put it bluntly, um, you know, not good. Not good. Not good at all. And their loss last night in Seattle is painful. Now, when we come back, I'll I'll go over the – it is going to be annoying to Eagle fans, but you got to deal with it because reality is reality. Last night's loss compromises their playoff possibilities. I could have told you prior to last night's game, I I don't see San Francisco losing. I think they're going to be the number one seed. So now them being the number one seed 
we're down to under 3% chance they're going to be number one. So forget about that. But winning the division is still within their grasp. We'll go to some of that next here on Bird Street 65. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank. 
the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Johnny Mac and Johnny Mac here with you on Birds 365. Coming up in less than 20 minutes from now, my bud uh, Glenn Mac, now host of Eagles pregame show on their radio network, uh, host on WIP, gets stuck working with me. Um, we'll talk to G Mac coming up in less than 20. Um, what is the Eagles schedule this week, John? I know it gets changed around. Not again. out yet. Yeah, not out yet. Um, they're coming, obviously, late game, uh, travel day. Um, they're not doing anything today. So Nick Sirianni's probably not going to talk until I don't even know what day we are, Wednesday. So it's going to be similar to last week. You know, probably practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday off Sunday, Christmas Day game. Um, it's probably going to be similar to last week. Um, what do you think Sirianni, and you said it's probably going to be tomorrow when you had no idea what time because the Eagles scheduled as they see fit. Uh, <clears throat> don't know what time Nick's going to talk. That's going to be a tough spot for him to do. And it was tough last night after the game. Uh, he didn't have answers. I will give him credit, even though, on a week where he either did a major flip-flop or just basically lied to everybody. I don't know that I just accept everything he says at face value. He did take the entire hit for the Patricia thing. And again, we're watching it on TV. We're not there. We're not in the room. You can't judge body language just from what I saw on TV. Either he's a really good uh, BSer or he really did make this decision uninfluenced by others. Cause I believed him when he said it, when he said, yeah, that was my decision. He said it with force. He said it looking straight into the camera. I believed him just off his facial features and the way that he delivered the answer. You buying, or do you think he was uh, significant? No, I, yeah, I, I, I said it when we we're talking. Yeah. I, yeah, I believe him. He he. This is not now. When it happened, I said this might be his micro moment. Where, in essence, Doug said he was going to keep micro. Jeffrey overruled him, and he had to come out there, tail between his legs, and fire him and explain that. Originally, I thought 
that's what might have happened. But after texting people behind, it's pretty clear it was his decision. Now, again, he has to get approval for something of that nature. But no, I believe him. And that's part of my problem. I believe him. Um, Because I think he handled it horribly. Um, It Look. If you think Matt Patricia is a better, I think Matt Patricia is a better coach than Sean Desai. Um, should have been done earlier. Number one, week fifteen when you're ten and three makes no sense. You had this whole, you saw everybody. Well, Baltimore did it with Cam Cameron and two and won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, pick out the one anomaly that happened to work out and cross your fingers. Um, you can always do that because they've been playing this game since 1933 and okay you can come up with one good good for you um it it generally doesn't work out well it it sends the optics are terrible um it sends a a message of a panic for a guy who preaches steady ship connection um with not only his players but his coaching staff you scapegoated as andrew said you scapegoated him there's no other way to look at this. This is a guy people are talking about. Oh, he might be one and done. He might be a head coach in candidates. Um, and now he's the dumbest guy on the block in the same season. Um, he didn't get dumb overnight. It's, it's amazing to me, the shifts with these coordinators. Um, he was a scapegoat. Um, you saw yesterday... Yes, there was baked-in improvement. They still failed um, against a lesser team with a backup quarterback in the biggest spot, which I give them a little bit more of a passport because I think overall than you do because I think overall they they played well enough to win if the offense carried its water. Um, but the bottom line is, and by the way, remember what that play was, the the, the essential game winner. That was third and 10. That was third and 10. Third down again. Third down and long again. And they can't get off the field in the biggest moment. And they would have went for it in fourth down. But you get my point. Um, so, it, it to me... For the defense. He's part of the defense. You can't just put him to the side and say, yeah, the defense did its job except for James Bradbury. Well, James Bradbury is part of the defense. Yeah. To me, it just sends us, uh, uh, and you're seeing it now, uh, it just sends messages of, of panic. The optics are terrible. And, you know, he so he, he got asked the questions, you know, basically, when did you make the decision? You know, uh, oh, you know, who has the final say on defense, con- confirming it was Patricia, which we all reported, we all knew. Um and then he got the question, okay, Mr. Lack of Credibility, do you feel like you need to make other coaching changes now that you lost again? And he's like, no, no, no. And I can tell you because Nick um, Nick ain't firing Brian Johnson. I feel very comfortable in saying that. Um, why, why, he, why so much more? He was uh, comfortable in firing uh, Sean Well, he didn't fire, demote. Well, demoted, demote. sorry. Uh, and uh, okay, like I said, he got he didn't get caught having a hot dog up in the press box. So good on yeah. Jordan Desai. He was still paying attention. And uh, now when the Eagles, the difference and, between Desai and 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 Brian 
Johnson. I, well, I, I don't see that big a difference between the two. Um, he, he's got more confidence in one. One, one, because remember, he spends the vast majority of his time on the offensive side of the football. So I think when people start blaming the offensive troubles, I think they skip mm-hmm. over the most important part of it, which is the head coach. Him, yeah. Um, um, and they go straight to to Brian. Um, I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, he's just not firing the guy. So, you know, but he got the questions, Mr. Lack of Credibility, and he's like, no, 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 uh, three, four times. You can't complain about being asked those questions when you just did it. You created this problem out of whole cloth. You created it. And that's a disastrous thing to do when you're 10 and three. And you can say they're not a legitimate Super Bowl contender, but as I've asked everyone, well, who is other than San Francisco? And you don't know if Christian McCaffrey's going to sprain an ankle in the divisional round, and maybe you get lucky. You roll the dice. You get there and you see what happens. That um, never happens. Oh, shoot, it happened last year when yeah, Purdy went down. Exactly. Stuff does happen. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, but I'll, I'll say, and you know I haven't uh, swayed on it. I, I didn't necessarily think either of the two Eagle coordinators were head coaching material. <clears throat> uh, you, you, uh, Brian Johnson hasn't wowed me by any stretch of the imagination this year. Sean decide put himself in a position where he could be replaced. I had very little worry that, oh, my God, the Eagles are going to get picked apart again by other teams coming in and taking their coordinators. I didn't think so. Not not. Well, the funny with- thing is that at 10 and 1, oh, if the season ended there, oh, they would have been picked apart. And now. Well, where were the Eagles ranked? Uh, surely not on defense because uh, we, we know what happened. Um, they weren't like the number one offense in the national football league. They weren't put no, up they were record setting numbers. They were top five. Now they're, they fell to eighth. They've fallen. Um, they were top five for the majority of the season, but even defensively, like nobody had an issue with Sean Desai until they San Francisco, Francisco and Dallas Buffalo. and, yeah. and, and, and down da- yeah, and Buffalo. Don't forget Buffalo and Dallas in Dallas, which is a lot different than Dallas and Buffalo. Uh, as you mentioned, they've won 14, 15, whatever the number is straight in Dallas, 40 points a game in Dallas. Um, nobody, including, by the way, I expect it from fans. Nobody, nobody, including the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles adds the context into, oh, it's tougher to play San Francisco, Buffalo, and Dallas than it is to play Drew Locke and Tommy Cutlets in Arizona. I mean, what it, this this is common sense stuff. What uh, 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 now should they have been better? Can you be as as hapless as they were in those particular games defensively? No, you need to be better. But you also have to be realistic and say, "All right, Mr. Football, you go deal with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle with what I have. I mean, scapegoat. There's no other explanation. You can't be good in week one when he hired him, in week five, 
in week 11 when you're 10 and one and then be a moron because you played San Francisco and Buffalo and Dallas. Agree on those fronts. Yeah, they're not giving it the proper context and weight. All right. Uh, for you Eagle fans who are saying, well, what the hell does last night's loss mean? It means that we're not going to be able to figure out where the Eagles are at in the playoff race. We may have been able to determine they're not a true Super Bowl contender. Uh, maybe only the 49ers are. But the Eagles did actually make the playoffs on Sunday, depending on the results <laughs> of other games. Yeah. So they lacked for a wild card. And good for them for not celebrating. I don't even know where they were when they got the word. They might have been in a hotel in Seattle. Maybe they did celebrate. Um, but we know they're going to make the playoffs. But are they going to win the division or not? We know that if now if Detroit wins out, Detroit would get the number two seed over the Eagles, which would include a win over Dallas, as a matter of fact, because Detroit and Dallas play not this upcoming week, but the week after. Um, so uh, that has been determined. But if the Eagles win out and the Cowboys win out, if they both win their last three games, they would tie in head-to-head. They would tie in division record at 5-1. They would tie in common opponents, which is where the Eagles had uh, no uh, conference was where they had the, the, the lead before last night. Um, but they would be the same in common opponents. They would tie in conference because of last night's loss. Seattle was a game that the Cowboys won. That if we had been looking at the Eagles running the table, would have been a win. Now that they lost, they're dead even in that too. So it's going to come down to strength of victory, which means – you're not going to know Diddley squad until the last week of the season because strength of victory means other teams wins teams that you played and you beat that the Cowboys either didn't play or lost to. So the game against the Redskins and the, uh, excuse me, the commanders and the giants and the teams that both teams played and both teams beat go out the window because they uh, level each other off. But the teams that the Eagles beat who the Cowboys didn't, Minnesota, Tampa, Kansas City, that's a good one. Buffalo, that's a good one. Um, Arizona, not going to be of help if they no. beat Arizona, but Giants, Arizona's only got Giants three. Giants aren't going to be of help. The Cowboys but are getting Giant, help. Giants are irrelevant because yeah, if well, the Eagles yeah. beat the Giants twice, the Cowboys already yes, beat yes, the Giants twice. Yes. Eagles, uh, Giants, and, and Commanders become non-factors. But the Cowboys beat the Jets, which is not a – great way because the Jets haven't won too many games. Hey, the they beat Chargers. The <laughs> right, but again, those balance know, each other out. They beat the Eagles, the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Carolina hurts the Cowboys. That's one of the Cowboys' wins this year, was beating up at Carolina, yeah. and they only got two wins. But if they do win out, that means they beat Detroit, which is a good win. That's a 10-win team that they will have beat. I think you got to worry about Detroit more than the Cowboys when it comes to the number two seed because they well, I'm play... worried about the division first, John. I'm not – what are you more worried about, winning the division or finishing with the two seed? Well, yeah, you got to win well, – I want both, obviously. Yeah, well, but it, 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 you got to win the division first and go on from there. But I think there's a chance you win the division and lose the – the number two seed to Detroit because I think Detroit's yeah, is, gonna is it isn't Detroit Dallas in Dallas? Um yes. sure it is. Yes. Do you think Detroit's um, gonna be the team that's gonna go down and take the Cowboys off that winning streak? I mean, have? a lot of it's recency bias because they were so bad against Buffalo, but you're right. I mean, they've been so good. They're a completely different team in Dallas. I, I know <clears throat> Detroit has to play 
Uh, Minnesota twice. That's not a good matchup for the Vikings. They're going to beat them twice, I think. Um, and then it comes, yeah, it's going to come down to that Detroit Dallas game. Um, and, and they're both good teams, not great teams. Um, I just, oof, that was a tough game for Dallas, but, uh, um, they are a completely different team, uh, in, in AT&T stadium. No doubt about that. They are. And those two teams will meet before the season is over and done with, but it just means you're not going to know. We, we all like to know for sure. If we do this, then this will happen. It's going to come down to waiting till the last week of the season and see what all these other teams do because it changes every single week with whether Minnesota, Tampa, Kansas City, Buffalo, Arizona, the Jets, uh, the Chargers, uh, Seattle, Detroit. Seattle saved themselves with that win. They're back in the mix, baby. Wouldn't be in the playoffs today, but they're they're now back in the mix. That was a big win for Seattle. All right, he's McMullen on McDonald. We're going to get another Mac involved. That would be my Sunday partner on WIP Radio, the host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network. Glenn Macnow comes in next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here. And Mac. Mac and Mac and Mac. That sounds good. Uh, Jody McDonald, John McMullen, and Glenn Mack now, who's given us his best Santa look. I, I did show it you on Sunday, but neither one of us were in studio together. You're looking good there, brother. Yeah, th- thank you very much. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, man. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in a play now, and I have to play somebody who is uh, a hermit who hasn't shaved in 20 years. So I'm going to do as best I can in five weeks. Nice. That's, that's a dream nice. job, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. There you go. be that's a hermit. Right. Just let it go, man. Uh, yeah. Where, where, where are you with the spilled out the Eagles team? Cause it seems like they're letting it go. I'll start with the head coach. I mean, your, your, your basic thoughts on how he's handled this situation, because I'm not a big fan of how it was handled. Did you mind the defensive coordinator specifically? Yes. yes. Yeah. Really poorly. Um, clearly, uh, it certainly seems a panic move to me. In fact, I think the defense played better yesterday up until that disastrous last drive. It may, in fact, be that they end up playing better without Sean Desai, but it still was handled very poorly. Uh, And I think the bigger issue with the defense all along has been personnel as opposed to coaching. Now, John, I've done this a couple times, and he's dead on right, and I'll double down on it um, in just judging. And it's one game. That's all he had. Maybe a couple practices. John thinks they implemented it as of Thursday before they had a full-blown practice, which they don't usually do. Um, I don't know that the defense was any better last night because of Matt Patricia because they weren't facing Purdy and and, uh, C-Mac. They weren't facing C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott. They're facing Drew Locke. Yeah. So well, that's you true. Need to so, draw, I, mean, need... I can only go on what I saw. You're right. If they had faced one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, how would they have performed? Obviously, you would expect that they pl- would have played worse. So I can only go on the fact of who they played, and I was generally encouraged. Again, up until, you know, how'd you enjoy the play? Before Lincoln got shot, it was great. And then, <laughs> and, it, and it ended disastrously. And, you know, Bradbury couldn't cover me at this point. But, um, I mean, my bottom line, I I think my bottom line may be a little bit different than yours in that as clumsily as it was handled, I think there may be a little bit of hope for that defense moving ahead over the course of the next three, four games. Um, I'll, I'll say this, Glenn, from a leadership standpoint, from a leadership, we always hear the, you know, and you got businesses, you got to show a steady hand and, uh, you know, uh, in times of turmoil, you don't run around and, and scream at the top of your lungs and change everything at the first sign of adversity. This team had the best record in the NFL for 32 consecutive regular season weeks. First time in 33 weeks, they don't have it today. Um, 
that's pretty good. Um, as Jody points out, improvement over the final month on defense was baked into the equation. And what I mean by that is it's Drew Locke in Seattle. Gino was banged up. It's Tommy Cutlets twice. It's yeah. Arizona. It was baked in. It was going to be better with Sean Desai. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what they were looking at, though. I think when they were looking at the playoffs, I think what they almost see now is the three, four weeks to get it right when you have to go to the playoffs and play against Prescott or Purdy again or someone like that. It's not that they don't think they can beat Tommy DeVito. It's that they think, okay, are we going to go into the playoffs and be one and done with this defense we are? Now, I'm going to repeat what I said before. I think it's more a problem personnel than it is coaching. Yeah, I agree. Although it became obvious last week that the players were really unhappy and a lot of the stuff that they said that Sweat said, and that, well, forget Slay. Slay's always being Slay. Uh, that Bayard said were that they had problems either with the game plan or understanding their role during the game or various parts of it. And so I think that's what got this thing going. So you took that Slay quote differently than I did because I thought it was a really uh, attention grabbing quote that he didn't expound on. So you had to decide for yourself. His quote was along the lines of, we're just not used to not helping each other out that we help each other. Out. Yeah. You took that to mean that the system wasn't yeah. helping each other out. Yeah. I, I, I kind of took that as an indictment of his teammates that he was throwing his teammates under the bus going, yeah, we're the, the guys aren't staying in their roles that everybody's got a, a, a lane. They're supposed to be in and guys are one-on-one -on -one in it are playing hero ball and I'm trying to do my job, and I can't because others aren't doing their job. I thought it was more a shot at his, his fellow teammates than it was the coach. You read that different, huh? Well, Jody, this being Darius Slay, of course, there's always, you know, the chance that it's the most self-serving thing it could possibly be, which aligns more with yours than mine, certainly, because Darius is about making Darius sound right. good. Yep. So I hear that. I do hear Slay. that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Can't call him by his first name. Pardon me. Um, however, it goes beyond just him. And I threw him in there. But I think Bayard's statements, you know, the defensive backs wanted to create their own game plan. Well, that's certainly an indictment of the defensive coordinator. And Sweat, after the game, uh, the last game, apparently, in the locker room, was said some things. I can't repeat them verbatim, right. but it was basically... Yeah, you know, basically. Right. We're not really helping each other out. Into, and I took it as as scheme. So I, I that's what I think happened. Is it fair to Sean decide? No, of course it's not. He's a young guy in his first year. You know, we expect rookies to come in and have rough spots and get better when they're players. But we don't give that same luxury to coaches. So, yeah, I think Sean decide may or may not be, a, a you know, a, a good coach moving forward. But it's it's unfair in that sense. Except. Again, they think, and last night doesn't help argue the case at, at all, but they think, okay, look, we, we, we got to get it right to get into the playoffs. Let's make the move now so that when we're it's January, everybody will know what's going on. Yeah, um, potentially. I mean, one of the issues, you, you know, Jody took it one way. That's a perfect example. Glenn, you took it another way. This opens up the way Nick Sirianni handled this situation opens up all these questions. So when he gets the question of what about the offensive play caller? And he said, no, no, no. Well, you have no credibility. So yeah. um, you're going to get these questions. So from the larger perspective, 
I think he created a lot of issues by scapegoating one particular coach. And there will be more if they don't live up to those expectations. But going back to last night's game on the field, Glenn, as you mentioned, up until uh, the play was great, up until the end, um, wasn't great, but uh, they the were. It looked was pretty like, good up until. Yeah, the end. Um, I think the defense played well enough to win. I put more of the blame on the field for last night to on the offense. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely agree. I mean, Seattle's defense, this this ain't the Legion of Boom anymore. This was a defense that you're supposed to go in and put up 30 points. Seattle's metrics, their stats going into last night, they're in the bottom 10 in the league in pass defense, run defense, you know, touchdowns allowed, everything. And so there was the opportunity to go in there last night and get it right on offense. And they, there were moments they did. Um, but most of the time they, they didn't, uh, the play calling is part of it. I'm going to put, and you can take this in whatever order you want to discuss it. I'm going to put most of the blame on the quarterback. I thought he was terrible. I'm with you. I said the same thing. It's time to start talking about that regression. Um, I, yeah. maybe it was the illness, but maybe, you know what? He was great running the football. Yeah, that's why um, I don't think it was the illness. It wasn't the illness yeah. because it's the same problems we've seen in the last few games of judgment where, and I'll, I'll narrow it down to one specific thing, which is right at the end of the game, and there's whatever there was, 13, 15 seconds to go, and you got a couple timeouts, and you got to go about 15 yards for Jake yeah. Elliott to hit that field goal. And it's really clear what you need to do. Two passes to Goddard, whatever you need to do, get 15 yards, kick the field goal. And he's, again, playing hero ball, throwing a really low percentage bomb attempt that got picked off and he now does that repeatedly and i don't understand what's in his mind when he does on that particular play you think that's an aj thing games on the line i gotta talk to my guy because it's right oh, it AJ really, thing in terms of hurts wanting hurts to going at aj, AJ. the the, the yeah. Yeah. It, okay. my guy is gonna make the big play yeah that does yeah, bother me and it hasn't reared its ugly head often when he ever tries to spread the ball around, AJ gets upset and uh, confronts him on the sidelines. <laughs> but I, I wondered all year if this was going to rear its ugly head at any point. That when in doubt, even in the double coverage, I'll throw it to AJ. He'll go up and make a play over two defenders, and it bit him in the rear end last night, Mac. Yeah, I think he narrow focused on him. Now I have not gone back and seen the film and who else was where and who else was open. Guy was but... open underneath. Okay, right fine. underneath in his field what, of vision, and he didn't throw the ball to him. Yeah, then that's the play, right? That's the easy, Absolutely. obvious play. Kick the field goal. Let's go to overtime, fellas. Yeah. Uh, and so you, to, you, to your point, Jody, yes, I agree that last night, and I found that you, we saw it in the game before this and more. Listen, AJ's having an amazing season, and looking for AJ more often than anybody is a great idea because he's he's one of the, whatever, five, ten best receivers in football. <laughs> But time and place and read the field and there's, you know, that was that was not the time to go for that play. It's not second down and eight in the first quarter when you can say, OK, let's take the shot. It's it was when you needed 15 yeah. yards to kick a stupid field goal. And and by the way, Glenn, the first interception, same thing, even worse, because he's throwing it to Quez Watkins down the field. They're moving the football. Right. And he's got to take a shot to Quez Watkins, who, you yeah. know, isn't going to fight for the football, you know, isn't going to break it up in a 50-50 circumstance. That's even a worse decision. I yeah, would it was argue. a terrible decision. It, it's, yeah. um, 
You know, look, I know last week I was among other people saying throwing it to receive three receivers all game was not a smart thing to do. You got to spread it around a little bit, but I never included Quez in that equation. <laughs> I don't know that anybody did. Um, and again, it was, you just said it, it was a time when they, the offense was working, it was effective, and it was the wrong time to take that bad shot. And that's what Jalen's been doing. You know, the, the, I remember when he came in the league, the question, the biggest question, I think, was, can he, is he going to be able to throw that deep ball? Well, he can, but to me, right now, his judgment um, is, is really gone backwards, and I, and I don't know why. All right, so we sit here with the Eagles still tied for first place in the division. Uh, their chances of getting the number one seed are minimal at best, down to below the 3%. San Francisco at best is going to lose one game. They're not losing two. So you can kiss the home field advantage throughout the playoffs goodbye. But they need to beat Dallas for the division, and they've still got a lead in the tiebreakers and the like. Um, they do control, quote-unquote, control their own destiny. You can't really say that because it's going to come down to strength of victory. And there are other teams whose victories will up and down that you can't control, so they don't yeah. have the control of their own destiny. What are we hanging our hat on? Other than the teams we're playing have stunk this year, just yeah. these standings, what are we hanging our hat on that the Eagles can get this thing I'm not even saying turned around. I'm just saying leveled off. Leveled yeah. off could do it right about now. What are we believing that will actually happen or can happen that that'll be the case with the birds for the last three games? Well, I don't know that I think they will. I mean, I do think they. I do think they will. I do think they will beat the Giants here next week. And if they don't yeah. beat the Giants here next week, then everybody just go home. And you know, when is spring training? No, that's okay. a catastrophe. Yeah. If you uh, can't you know. beat Tommy Cutlets at right. home on if Christmas that doesn't Day, happen, well, um, listen, uh, I'm not uh, taking uh, it as a given, John, because of what we've seen, and and it could be that the bottom is really falling out. You guys are old enough to remember the coat tight seven and two season that finished seven and nine, yeah. and you know, yeah. I mean, it happens. I didn't. We didn't think it was going to happen that year, but it did, and so it, we, these things do happen. I, let's let's think not. What I really, my bottom line and what, you're asking me how they get right? Was that your question? Yeah, how do they okay. level up? They've been like this. Yeah. How do you at least get back, if you get back to level and you're playing the Giants, level should be good enough. It's Jalen. It's really, it's all Jalen. Um, I agree. Because the defense played as well as it's going to play last night. And, and, and again, you know, Bradbury at the end, of the whole defense at the end, the 92-yard drive. But the defense... I thought those young kids did a nice job in this. Yeah, they did. they I, did. You know, I, I was not encouraged. tackling, but yeah, but uh, Sidney Brown. Uh, yeah, I, I think know. you can tackle better than Sidney Brown. I, and I'm not, you know, which is surprising because I thought he was going to be a guy who can hit. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say with ex without exception. But they survived. Those guys survived last night. Yeah. Um, and um, the running game was okay last night. It wasn't special, but it was okay. It's Jalen. And he's got to play the way he can play. And he has had many great games in this league and terrific seasons. And um, that's that's the entire thing. He's got to return to being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And if he does, then there will have something. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think any of us are booking tickets to Las Vegas right now. No, no. Um... You mentioned personnel, and I agree with you, Glenn, defensively. Um, and I want to bring Howie Roseman. We all crowned Howie 
two-time executive of the year a little bit too early. Um, I think if you go back to last year, it worked out. They needed some help. They get Linwald Joseph and Dominican Sue. It worked out pretty nicely. Um, this year, the Band-Aids have not worked out. Uh, and Shaq Leonard, you know, they're playing three safeties because they don't want Shaq Leonard on the field. Bradley Roby, eh, he made a nice tackle on 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 DK Metcalf, but they they don't even feel comfortable enough to put him in, on on the field third and long. Maybe that's why they can't stop a third and long. I don't know because they have the young kids out there. Um, Julio Jones, nothing. No, um, just, just, just a body. On and on and on. Who well, am I Byard, forgetting, Jody? Byard hasn't even right. been impressive. He, he, they brought him in. He's got yeah. nothing left. Yeah. Um, not good. Uh, no. what, what about just, you know, I've argued they should have started Sidney Brown from week one and who knows, maybe he can tackle if you get through those startup costs by, by week 15. I don't know. Nobody knows. Hey, maybe Ringo um, can play. Yeah. Maybe Ringo can play. Maybe Ricks can play. Yeah. They yeah. look good in coverage. Now Ricks, I joke, got pushed into Puget sound on that one, uh, Kenneth Walker touchdown. So there's some run support issues, but these guys got to learn. You don't practice, right? You don't hit in practice. They don't tackle in college football. So you got to learn on the job, basically. Um, and Sidney Brown, I think, has the ability to become a good player, but you got to get those. I always use the Jim Schwartz term startup costs. Got to get them over with. They waited too long, but bigger picture, Howie Roseman, the band-aids. I think he's gone too far with that, Glenn. Um, I think he, I think he went for what he considered was the best available. I'm going to take it back a while and say to me, the problems began in the off season uh, and it was priorities and they let TJ Edwards go yeah. uh, and they let uh, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson go. Um, and I know Johnson's original contract demands were kind of crazy, but he did sign for much less. Now he got hurt, so you, you know I, I can't tell he's having a great year. I think he's supposed to be back. He's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. They started yeah. this practice window yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, and T.J. Edwards has had a great season. Now I also understand the dilemma of being an NFL general manager, which is you have a salary cap and you have to prioritize. And they've done well over the years by not prioritizing linebacker and safety, but this year it's that's really killed them. Uh, the linebackers they had, maybe with the exception of Cunningham, really haven't played well. Uh, the safeties, well, you know, they got hurt and you don't have much going on there. And to me, the, it was the off-season personnel decisions that really hurt you there. Hi, then I'm going to go off-season with you since you went there uh, and I'll take whatever crap I have to take for looking past the rest of this season. Ooh. They, they could get beat by the Giants this week. And then, oh. oh, my God, we'll panic set in the streets. Oh, when, when when we get to the offseason, either free agency and the Eagles are in OK cap space because Jalen starts to make that quarterback money now. So it's not like they're going to have yeah. this big hand to play. So it's going to need to pick a guy who's reasonably priced and have him overachieve rather than just here's the best guy. We're going to outbid everybody. People want to come play for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll get our guy. First round draft pick. Let's say all players created equal. Any position you want, they've all got the same exact grade. You're just filling a need. What position do you think Harry Roseman's going to put on the top of his wish list? 
How old is the center? Oh, how old? Yeah, but his backup is the left 36. Yeah. Okay, how old is his right tackle? Uh, 32 or 3. I yeah. forget where Lane is. Yeah, I, I I think when in doubt, go offensive line. Well, let me let me think about it for a second, all right? No, That's what he let, always let does. Me... You're right, Glenn. You know well, well hold on. I mean, I said that you're not going to go receiver. <laughs> you're clearly not going to go running back. So offensive line, yes. Um, maybe you go defensive line, but you've invested in the last two years at the top for the defensive line, those big tackles. I mean, maybe you go if, – if there's the opportunity to get a – a uh, pass rushing defensive end. Maybe you go there. They they haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1978. Don't anticipate they're going to break that. Street. Jerry Robinson. Let's there get to Jerry go. Robinson. That's the guy. Yeah. Um. Cor- well, maybe corner. Hello. Well, let me back up. Mm-hmm. Let me let me adjust my thinking. Yeah. Yes. Depends. They're going to yeah. need to replace both. A couple years ago, they wanted J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say cornerback one, offensive line two. Um, I might I might say safety because safety's nah. get taken in the first round. They do now. Yeah, they do. Not by I'm the, okay with that. We had that Kyle Hamilton discussion, Jody. You and I love Kyle Hamilton, who was a hell of a player. We were and I, I actually, John, you're 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 a beat guy, so you got better sources than me. That's for damn sure. I think if they weren't married to taking Davis, I think they would have taken Hamilton. I do. If mm-hmm. Davis was not there and they had their overarching when in doubt, go into the trenches, a guy who they really wanted for the trenches to play a specific way was there. So that's why they took him. If they don't, I think they would have taken Hamilton. But but let's 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 look at this. Not that they're great at safety, but what do they have at cornerback for next year? No. Well, yeah. I tell no. you what they have, Slay and Bradbury. You know, we just talked about Ringo and Ricks did show some uh, yeah. uh, upside is coverage players. We'll see how that shakes out. But along to count on players like that, I agree. It's probably not the best thing you can do, but uh, at least to have some upside at, at corner um, with those two guys, we'll see how it shakes out. We got a long way to go. But one thing I think everybody said, Glenn, um, they're no longer, not everybody, but a lot of people I've seen no longer a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You define that any way you want, legitimate. Who is a legitimate Super Bowl contender other than San Francisco in this league right now? Uh, In the NFC? Yeah. I mean, Dallas is second, but they're sooner or later going to have to win a game on the road, and we saw in Buffalo how they're unable to do that. I mean, Detroit would be the dark horse there. Uh, and they really rebounded last, but got through five touchdown passes the other day. Uh, you know, that I, I, to me, make San Francisco the prohibitive favorite in the NFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Baltimore looks like the class of the AFC. Maybe my old Buffalo. Yeah, player. I was going to say, your, your, your club scares yeah. me. That's the team I wouldn't want to play because if Josh Allen shows up with his A game and doesn't turn the football over, He's the toughest guy to deal with in the NFL, right? Yeah, now. and um, they and, and they. I mean, they clearly had a run game against the Cowboys. Uh, it was tr- unbelievable, two hundred and forty something yards. The Bills certainly this year had the ability to go really, really far and then break my ninety-three-year-old dad's heart once again. That's, I think that's what we're looking at with the what Bills. football one, does. One more of breaks those people breaks people's hearts. That's yeah, what the it Bills does. are great at doing that. Yeah. Take Buffalo- you almost there. 
Buffalo with that key Rasul Douglas edition, who I yeah. <laughs> implored Howie Roseman to have interest in back when the Bills grabbed him. Uh, I think he, he could play here in Philadelphia. Yeah. He played very well for Buffalo so far. All right. So Christmas Day, where are you going to be, big guy? Christmas Day, I will be doing the pregame show right in front of the stadium. I've already done the weather scouting. It's going to be. Have you ever 40. done a Christmas Day before? Did they even? Well, tell know. me about the weather because I haven't done it. Plenty. So I looked at the weather. It's going to be between forty and forty-five. That's Supposed not to be bad. clear. No, not much chance now of precipitation. But here's the fun thing about Christmas Day. First of all, Christmas Day is my wife's birthday, but we are pushing that back this year to the twenty-sixth. And on Christmas, I am taking my son, my older son, uh, and his two boys, my two grandsons, 11 and 8, to their first NFL game. Nice. And Very nice. They are damned excited, although the 8-year-old, Ben, is now in full panic mode over the Eagles. Who Uh-oh. He thought they were going to go 17 and 0 and <laughs> win the Super Bowl by 50 <laughs> points. <laughs> so... You know how when you're a kid and your team starts losing for the first time and you oh, go, yeah. yeah, well, he's kind of in that. It, it, now, yeah, it ruins your whole mood. Yeah, yeah. Whole... So, so and, they're going to go their first don't even, don't even, Don't even bring this to his doorstep. But then you have the flip side to that. When you're eight years old or seven uh, and your team goes to the Super Bowl and wins in the greatest upset in the history of sports up to that point and still oh. 50 years later and you think it's going to be like that every year for the rest of your life. <laughs> And you haven't been back to the big dance once in 50-plus years. There's, oh, there's... that that could also be a potential outcome. Joe Namath running off the field, Jody. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah that was the lecturing. greatest. Well. He, you know, he's wave, he was waving that finger at me going, don't do it to yourself. Don't believe it's going to happen every <laughs> single year. Don't get yeah. crazy there, young man. Yes. So I'm excited because, I mean, like you guys, you know, I, I generally go to games as a media guy and I'll sit in the press box and you can't cheer. And it's my job and I love it. I'm lucky to have the job. I love it. But to have the chance to sit in the seats with fans, with my with my kid and, and my, my grandsons, is, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Well, the, the grandson best. part of it. Uh, yeah. It, it makes it exciting. Otherwise, yeah, I'd rather be in the press box line. Well, it's the grandchildren were in January yeah. in December. There's no doubt about that, John. <laughs> yeah, no. The best two things, the uh, best thing about the last two years, going to Philly's playoff games as a fan. Uh, nice to be in yeah. the press box. Nice to sit next to Glenn Macnow and Johnny Sunshine, whatever. No, no. I'd rather sit my daughter scream and yell and high five someone I don't know yeah. for the yeah. right side of me when That's the Phillies right. score a big run. That is That is a lot of fun. Uh, Glennie Mac, always a pleasure, brother. Uh, you and I, not Sunday because Sunday is Christmas and you'll be doing the post game show. You're not doing it. Wait, wait, wait. Monday's Christmas. Monday's Monday's Christmas. So you and I on Sunday. Yeah. All right. I'm on. You know what? I'm on Christmas Eve edition. Yeah. I'm on before you on Christmas. I'm on from 10 to 1. I'll be throwing it down to you down at, uh, the link for your uh, Christmas pregame show. All right. Can I do a shameless plug for something? Please do that. Plug so it. I'm in this play, Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks. Nice. It's the musical based on the movie. Oh, the movie, doing, yeah. I'm going. Oh, okay, no, so they yeah. Made, I they love made Young it into a musical and a comedy, and it's ridiculously funny and crazy. And all the lines from the movie, what knockers, and I was going to make espresso. Tremendous. And so I'm in the play uh, that started last weekend. It runs through December 30th at the Players Club of Swarthmore. For tickets, go to pcstheater.org. 
and you will, I will, I promise you, you'll get a lot of laughs and it may be part of it in that I have a four minute singing solo on the stage nice. for myself. Oh, I love for it. the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you who go. Who plays uh, Igor? Igor. Not uh, Igor, Igor. The kid who plays Igor, Igor today, Maddie Moorhead, is hysterical. He yeah. is great in that role. And the woman who plays Frau Blucher is going to bring you to tears of laughter. Um, Very nice. But I am I am the hermit and uh, Young Frankenstein, PCSTheater.org. Get your tickets and come out and see it. Nice. G-Mac, I will talk to you on Sunday. Thanks for getting Looking up. Looking forward to it, pal. Today. See you, John. Thanks, Glenn. All Mac right. and Mac and Mac. McMullen, McDonald. Yeah, Frank is, I'm very excited by that. That that turned my day around. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Tremendous movie. What for, knockers. Yeah. And he said yeah. uh, it, it brings back memories because it was an all-time great movie and uh, a fun play. I'm understanding as well. All right. We thank Glenn Mac now for coming on. Andrew Jacheco. We'll come back. John McMullen, Jody McDonald. we got to put a bow on this episode of Birds Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut and Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
GLES Eagles. Mega Mac guys here on Bird 365. Only got a couple minutes left and uh, get ready for the Power Hour with Bill Collarwillo coming up next year on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Um, I I love reading Ruben Frank the day after an Eagle game with his observations. I think he almost always hits it out of the park on every single one he has. He usually has 10. There's one that I did disagree with today. And this is going to sound really weird because it's almost going to sound like I'm actually defending Quez Watkins. Oh, that is going to be weird. You know, I, I, I loathe to do something like this. But on the play that got intercepted, that Quez was actually held. They had a great shot of it. You could tell that Julian had a a grasp on his jersey, which it was so minuscule, the ref let it go. And I'm glad they let it go. However, previously in the game, James Bradbury had done the same thing. He had the hook around. And did he tug a little bit? Yeah, he did. You called that one, but you let the other one go by the boards. You got to have consistency back there on the pass interference stuff. So that's point number one for Quest. Number two, what Rube said today, one of his observations was he hated that play call. That the play call with the bomb to Quez was the problem. No, 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 no. That's Quez's job. That's the only thing Quez can do is go fast downfield and hopefully pull at least one defender if not get a second one cheating a little bit. And if you never throw it to him, you're never going to get it. Sirianni is so oversold the Quez factor that Quez stretches the defense, that Quez, because of his mere presence and speed, gets everybody else more open. Baloney. Just drop it, Sirianni. Don't ever go there again. So you want to criticize him, Quez. You, yeah, you said you were going to defend but, him. But here's the deal. It wasn't the play design. No, that's what Quez has got to do. That's it. So as, as mini school as it is, that's his job. And he was asked to do his job, and he did. He ran down fast, real ran down field real fast. What do I always fast. say, Jody? People don't criticize whether they know it or not. People don't criticize play calls. They criticize play results. Mm-hmm. You're throwing the football to a guy who's not going to fight for it in a 50-50 situation. Like with AJ in the last oh, one. This one, I'm 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 doing just that. I'm criticizing results. Why? Because no, Jalen chose to throw the ball there. That's yeah. on Jalen. That, that's correct. That's, and that's what Quest. we're talking about. He's that's making Jalen. That's the design of the play. It is a possibility. They left it open there for a possibility, and Jalen was the guy who decided to throw it there. So yeah, it's if you're gonna have him on the field, you're gonna have Quez run long. You know, as small as the percentage may be, Jalen might throw it there, and you got to live with the consequences. Yeah, I mean, and and I got to watch the game uh, when we get off, and uh, you know, when the all twenty-two is up, you'll get to see if his he's got other options on the play. We talked about he's not taking layups right now; he's trying to force the issue. So I have to rewatch the play, but obviously, it it didn't work out well for the Eagles, and what the you know. 50-50, same thing with uh, defensive pass interference. Yeah, you can say officials need to be consistent. Guess what, Jody? Human beings aren't consistent. Live with it. Overcome it or don't overcome it. Um, could they have called it? Yeah, 
Um, they didn't Bradbury, same thing in the Super Bowl. He gets away with that a lot because he's a very savvy player. Um, when he doesn't get away with it, it hurts, but you know, it happens. Yeah, I, I I I can't complain about that. It's one of those games, and yeah, chance we'll talk about it tomorrow and uh, all the way through the rest of the week too. But every once in a while, you have one of those games. It's a sixty-minute game. There's usually how many snaps in a game? Sixty on both sides, hundred and twenty sixty-ish. If you're the Eagles' defense, ninety-five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Um, recently, right. Um, yeah, last uh, the numbers are up. Let's see. Last yesterday was um, we got to go. I know. Yes, sixty nine on offense, sixty one on defense. Right. So. so you're looking at 130, 35, 40 snaps over the course of the game. They all have an effect on the outcome of the game, but sometimes two or three, three or four are so much more important than all the other ones. The under other 136 become inconsequential because of the result of several plays. And that's exactly what happened to the Eagles. And the biggest of the big plays went against them last night. We'll be back here to talk about it even that much more tomorrow. J-Mac, you're here, right? Giuliani's not pulling you away. Yeah, um, no. We'll see what the schedule is. We'll see what the head coach panics about this week. And we'll move it on. Hopefully nothing because Christmas present, Philadelphia, cheer up. Tommy DeVito's coming to town. Be, I I have been quasi-impressed by Tommy DeVito. I don't know that this is I, as big a layup I, as some people think. Oh, the Eagles don't take layups, so nothing's a yeah, layup. But, a, uh, that could be one of their problems. They're trying to give you a layup. The NFL is trying to give you a layup. How's right. that? McDonald and McMullen, Mac and Mac, Birds 365, back here tomorrow in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.